Belichickian tree guys who have just been horrific with the media. He does. And terrible coaches to boot. Like he, they want they they came in thinking they had equity hmm. and didn't want to say anything to the media or the fans, and then they stunk. So at least McDaniels at the beginning is playing the game the right way, being open, but not too open. Not too honest. No, and he says a lot, but doesn't really <laughs> you know, like like I, I was transcribing. He speaks today. a lot. But doesn't With, always say a whole without lot. saying it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I guess kind of. I guess reiterating what he says. Yeah, no, re- reiterating like kind of what Adam said. But you know, when I asked him about preparation and, and what, so he 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 said a lot about it. But you know. And that way we can figure out what we're going to do with personnel and who's going to play, where we need to do. And, you know, so he's never concrete. He's never, there's never a, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, the beating around the bush, saying the right thing and just him and Han, but being very clear with what he's saying. The fact that he was very emphatic in saying, no, Josh is not on the block. That was a little different because he's never really been that he hasn't been so far that definitive like that adamant. He wasn't angry. He just he just it was more smiling. Like looking over in my direction where he was the person that asked the question and just kind of like, "No. We're not interested in doing that." But very cleverly the way, you know, hey, in 3 weeks, guess what? Well, we needed to get an offensive lineman and by doing this we shed a little salary. We bring somebody in who can bolster that. And you know what? We were able to lock up Darren Waller. That's what your thinking could happen. Could happen. I'm not predicting it. Friday. And I've said that on our show. I said as a guest uh, for, for a show. Oh, that I Willie's right. No. Willie's well, right. Be ready. The, mark the get, audio now. Be ready to pull the audio, Ari, from pull last it. week. Don't even wait. <laughs> pull it. When, when <laughs> Willie has a prediction, we just pull the audio. Uh, he's one of the guys you're hoping to see the most. In game number two, more Zamir White. Yeah, uh, but I'm wondering if now, since we who whom we saw in game one, do we see more of some of the other guys? Yeah, because he's got such a wide open room. Um, I honestly believe that what I said at the top is that I do think that um, I think we're going to see some car. I think we're going to see a little bit of car, like just even if it's a series. I think Carr is going to get out there just to talk, just to loosen them up. Maybe not Adams, maybe Renfro, maybe Renfro not Adams. I don't know. Um, he said Chandler Jones and Darren Waller are getting better. So maybe Max Crosby. You know, just I, I think that each, I think that, like I said, I think it's weak. He, in his mindset, it's week two. So we're going to see week two guys. Um, it wouldn't shock me if we don't see Josh Jacobs. Right. Because right? it would just yeah. be like flip the script, okay, right? Look. Instead of not having him in week one and having him in week two for two series. All right, we got the two series out of the way. Yeah. Let's just sit him. Am I a weirdo if I say... You're a weirdo in general. One of the guys I want to see more of is Dylan Parham. No. Their third-round pick offensive lineman, who now I think is going to put some pressure on John Simpson at left guard, Andre James at center, and what do we think? Lester Cotton at right guard? I think I think I think the the, right. the he's rotation pressure. he's put rota- pressure on all of them because yes. he played he played all the positions right and the rotation and that was something that we talked about when he got drafted mm-hmm. and that's why he was drafted was the versatility if I'm not mistaken didn't that kid start out in his career like a tight end he did yeah so uh, no the that the, that whole rotation of offensive linemen is going to be consistently in a revolving door throughout this preseason. Until they figure out where who's going where he's, I mean, here we're sitting here saying we don't know what to take from McDaniel's other than you know, 
if it's face value, but I do believe 100% when he says, I want everybody to be able to play three positions on that line. 100% buy into that. I'm not judging anything from this game against the Vikings, but I think the Vikings are a fascinating team, intriguing team, because they made a regime change. Zimmer's out. Now they go offense. That's what the whole league is doing, pretty much, at head coach. So Kevin O'Connell is in another one of the McVay dudes. Are the Vikings better than the Raiders? Mm. Raiders win total eight and a half. Vikings nine overs minus 120. That's if you want to bet alternate wins, 10 over is plus 135. Make the playoffs for the Vikings is minus 110 both ways. Yes, no. Okay. Let me put it to you this way. The win total for the Vikings is not indicative of them being better than the Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders win total is less because of the division they play in and having to play those teams twice. The Vikings got to play the Packers twice, and (laughs) (laughs) then they get the Bears and the Lions. So, I mean, I don't – I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Vikings are better than than Derek Carr and – Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, Brandon Bolt. I, I'm not. It's just not. I, I'm not buying into that at all because of win totals. Willie just eviscerating me, just just crushing me on that question. What, what was this little? That's my. Uh, if I give a little charade? motion, I'll throw a left-handed softball pitch. Yeah. I just lob it in. You just set then, me up, and then you just stroke. Boom. Them. Yeah. Phil Plantier, like low launch angle. Yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll come to modern times for the kids. They love you know Dan Vogelback. So I'm built like Vogelback, so I let you I let you smash one out on me. Thank you. I think the Vikings and the Raiders are about the same team. I like and I trust Derek Carr a lot more than Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is good. And keep in mind, Kirk Cousins is now coached by an offensive guy. Maybe there is a big leap forward. And by the way, Derek Carr has a big improvement at head coach, even though Gruden is an offensive guy. I think McDaniels is a better offensive coach. So he's proven it. This game doesn't mean anything in the big picture. But I am excited to see whatever Vikings do play. Vikings have a tremendous upside. And to your point about the divisions, you're right. Below the Vikings, you've got Drek like the Bears, who may be the worst team in football. Because they're following a really dangerous pattern that some teams are doing out there. And we'll get to the Patriots later. If you draft a quarterback in the first round and you're going to build the franchise around them, you may want to get some weapons for them. And the Bears and both the Patriots, like both quarterbacks are looking around like, wait, Justin Herbert has great receivers, and they're getting more guys to add to the offense. So I think I think the Bears are going to be bad. I think the Lions will be improved. But what does that mean? Right? They improved to what? Six wins? So it's the division. I, I think the other fascinating thing for the Vikings, I don't think this is going to happen, but what if Aaron Rodgers can't make these receivers really good? Do the Packers become more normal and then slip back just a little bit and the Vikings can actually close out games this year, which they had trouble the last couple of years. And all of a sudden, that gap between the Vikes and the Packers isn't that big. What was it? The total was not nine and a half and eight and a half. Win total is nine. Alternate win total was ten. You know, if you want to go over that, playoffs minus one ten both ways. Vikings are the seventh choice to win the NFC at fourteen well, I just one. Needed the win total. The wins, need, the wins the are nine. I'm just trying and to over one twenty. And you're right. Your Raiders are eight and a half. I'm sorry. Yeah, I misunderstood what you were asking. 
Well, I was just trying to figure out if you were trying to bet me for another because we already got. Oh, I'm not, like, I, yeah, no, you not, don't. You no. don't want to lose two dinners. I, I mean, mean if I'm I, already going to beat you with the Chiefs. I mean, if I see, yeah, I have the Chiefs minus two and a half wins against yeah, the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, if I see the right things on uh, this weekend with with the Vikings, I could be in on this bet. But I, by the way, I'm not going to see anything because they're not going to play anyone this morning. Yes. Around three forty-five, four o'clock. I can't remember what time. I was sleeping. Well, yeah, we know that. Um, I could be. You don't always know that. I could be up. Well, you could be still, sun- still up. But a, on a Sunday, now I was getting ready for the week. And, and you know, time. it had to be into the four o'clock hour because I, I, it started off. It might have even been five because I was started off watching Keyshawn J. Will, and then but I went to Good Morning Football. I want to say it was on that show. Someone predicted the Chiefs were coming in last. Is that right? We're right, <laughs> gonna have to pull that one. I, I think wow. it was. I gotta. I gotta find it. But yeah, somebody predicted the Chiefs were coming in last. Or they just said it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I could see the Chiefs coming in loss, but I, the, yeah, stood out to me. I should have marked it down so we could pull audio. Okay, yes, they will come in last. Will that person book a no bet? I don't know. I think it would be pretty high. But I might be interested. Maybe not betting you, but betting one of the jabronis on, uh, what is it? I think it was good. I want to say it was good morning. GFMB? GBMF? GMFB yeah. is what it would be. And I, 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 I got to figure it out. All right, we got to look it up now. Chiefs in last place. Bold prediction time. Oh, yeah, it's August. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Now, back to Cofield and Company. The Mets celebrate the return to City Field of Jacob DeGrom, who throws five and two-thirds perfect innings. And the Mets take four of five from the Braves to stretch their lead to six and a half games in the National League East. Matt's getting the job done. We'll get to the Mets in just a second. Uh, in our part of the country, Dodgers and Padres, highly entertaining. And back to the drawing board for the pod squad. Did you enjoy that? Loved it. Thoroughly. You like evil empires. Not as Colin Cowherd said, the small market Padres did a great job in picking up Juan Soto. Like, small market. What? <laughs> Are we still being fooled, like, duped into this market thing? Isn't San Diego the number 12 market in this country? When they have it's a, part of they have a cash cow stadium. The pod squad is not a small market city. Stop. Love Colin. We're going to have some Colin audio later on, but maybe, maybe that's an L. Maybe, maybe he was trolling Padres fans. 100% as a, as a, trolling. As a Dodger area guy saying yeah, that San definitely. Diego is a small market. But yeah, the uh, Padres got their teeth kicked in by the Dodgers. Since Juan Soto has arrived, the Padres are one and four. Oh They're hitting 196, slugging 304. They are averaging 3.2 runs per game. They've got 31 hits. That's an average of 6.2 hits per game. They've struck out 43 times, 8.6 Ks per game. They've only got three home runs. 20 to 4. 
20 to 4 in that series. 20 and to 4. Juan Soto is hitting for it. Now, here's the thing for him, for the Padres, Soto's hitting 313 and he's slugging 500. He hasn't even hit a home run yet. But he's got five hits, 16 ABs. He's been walked five times. He scored three times. I mean, he's got a double, a triple. The only thing he hasn't done is gone yard, but he's not the that's not the reason that they're not scoring runs. He's hitting 313 since he's arrived. He's slugging 500. The Padres hitting 196. Went out and got the big gun. The other eight guns don't have any bullets. It's early. Nah, they're done. They're done. <laughs> Stick a fork in them. But I'm not complaining. My Dodgers, 4 nothing winners last night. Hmm. Manny Machado. Yes. You're still looking to you know win something big here, right? Sure. He was the beginning of this, hey, we're going to act like we're in a good-sized market, a $300 million investment. He's a good player, very good player. When he was good. asked about the sweep, what he took away from the series, he said, keep playing baseball. It's plain and simple. Nothing else to it. Someone said, are you concerned? He said, concerned? Why would I be concerned? Not at all. What gives him that confidence? I'm effing Manny Machado. All right, Manny. Machado hit. <laughs> yes, Willie's really, looking up the numbers. Okay. I got it. Machado's hit 182, hit 182 in that series. He had two hits. He went two for 11 against the Dodgers. Going back to, going back to July 25th. The Padres have played 14 games. They've split them. Machado's hitting 208. He's only got three home runs in 14 games in those last 14 games. So what it is that he has to be concerned with, instead of saying, I don't know what we have to be concerned, we don't have to be, you got to be concerned about doing your part offensively, Manny, because you're not. He's getting booed the whole time. I like that. I like that a lot. This is a time where it's a good hey, rivalry. This is listen. It's Giants a, don't matter anymore. Giants, I get the I, whole. I, I, I knew the. I thought at some point the Giants would run out of gas with sure. their quadruple. They had a lot yep. of quadruple A guys. A lot yep. of guys who were tweeners within the majors and yep. and triple A. And Gabe Kapler patched it together. Just didn't work this year. And now now the rivalry is the Padres and the Dodgers. Cut. I cut you off. No, that's cool. I, you know, you expect anybody right top of their game, whatever top of the top of the heat, best players. They go through. It's 162 game. I get it. This is not the month that you have because you could say, "Well, no, there's plenty of season left because you got September." But you don't want to go in a slump here and then dip and then play major catch up. If anything, you want to get hot right now, and they're not doing that. Soto's doing his part to a degree, but you know, I mean, Padres better wake up offensively because I got news for you. While they're trying to get hot and figure it out, the Dodgers are hot. They're not. They're not cooling off, and they're just going to build, build, build that lead. And that's just it. Is I think that they, um, the Padres, have cemented themselves into a to a a wild card race. But there's some teams heating up, and you don't want to get left out by a by a by a late, Saint, the St. Louis Cardinals have caught fire and they are now they just swept the Yankees they're now atop the central Milwaukee is in second place but they're one and a half or they're um they're one and a half back in the wild card race yep. the Braves are leading the wild card race 
and Philadelphia. They're right there. And then you got the Padres, and then you got the Brewers. If the Padres continue to struggle, they may find themselves on the outside looking in. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. They said, Tony, congratulations. What did you hit? And Tony says, Joe, I hit a high fastball. Mm. And, and Joe didn't know what to say. Joe said, no. That's looped out to right field. You change the subject real quick on that loop out to right field. I'm just describing the action. Pretty sure we don't have a seven-second seven delay, so. Ooh. He gives no Fs, and that's why you love him. It's Dave Koken on Cofield and Company. And that was Pete Rose making an appearance on uh, Philadelphia TV. Tom McCarthy, the voice there, didn't sound real happy. Didn't exactly laugh when he's like, I oh, can change the subject. He's like, just calling the action as Pete on live TV drops an S-bomb. And then I thought he said it was a cock-eyed fastball, but apparently it was a C-high fastball. Okay. Dave Koken worked with Pete Rose for a long time. Pete's a little older now, so I don't think Pete has any filter at all left. Dave, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm good. Pete doesn't give any Fs, just like you. No, I don't think he does. No. Uh, and, uh, you know, Pete's like 80 now. so He is 80. Um, yeah, I think you can do what you want at that point. <laughs> so let's. Uh, I want to talk about the baseball trade deadline in a couple of minutes, but let's talk about this weekend, first of all, in baseball. We were just talking about the Dodgers and the Padres, and then – you know, the pod squad gets uh, ripped off the field in three games. They lose 20-4 to four, uh, combined score. And then Manny Machado afterwards is, is like, no, everything's fine. And they're like, how do you know that? Because I'm effing Manny Machado. Um, are the Padres fine? Uh, they lost three games. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what else he's supposed to say. Is he supposed to say, yeah, it looks like we got cu- we're, we're screwed. Uh, we'll be lucky to make the playoffs. I don't know what he's supposed to yeah. say. You know, what, you know what I would love him to say as a leader of the organization is like, Imagine if we had Tatis and he acted like a professional and didn't hurt himself jerking around in the offseason. We'd have 75 wins. But he's, not, but he's not going to do that. So no. You're right. No, and you can't do that. Yeah. Those are, you know, that's how you fracture a clubhouse. You don't do that. What players think and what they say, and I've been around players all my life, so what they say to the press and what they say in the clubhouse are two completely different things. So I get it. They Got swept by the Dodgers. It's one series. But if you go back to June 17th, they've still lost 26 of 46. It's not as if things have been going well for them for quite some time. I mean, it's no. it, no. at some but, point they need to turn around. It, it'd be better to do it now. Well, I, yeah, I'd say they, they'd better. Because <laughs> uh, right now, uh, they're... Are they? I think they're outside in the wild card right now, aren't no, they? They're, they're one and a half in, but uh, it's, a brewer, one, yeah, it's the Brewers right. on their heels, and the Brewers are pretty good. And the Brewers are also struggling. Yeah. They have not done well since Hayter got traded, and it might have might have disturbed the chemistry on that team. Who knows? Uh, I, I don't read that much into this stuff. It's a three-game small sample. The Dodgers are better; they're just better than the Padres. So, unless you think the Padres did enough to catch up with the deadline, uh, they're still going to be a wild card team that probably gets knocked out unless they get lucky. Dave Kokins with us. Wagertalk.com is where you can find all of Dave's stuff. Of course, part of uh, DC and the Sunshine Man for years. So while we're talking about the wild card race, let's mention the Phillies because I thought the Phillies had a good deadline. Do you agree with what they picked up? Yeah, they helped the bullpen, and uh, and that really is the biggest problem they've had. Yeah, Harper's going to be back soon. 
they're in good shape right now, and the pitching's strong. You know, uh, it was strong at the top anyway with Wheeler and Nola, but Ranger Suarez has put it back together and is pitching like he did last year. So now they've got a pretty strong rotation. So, uh, yeah, I, I, and look, they're clearly a much better team than they were when Girardi was running a show. They added Syndergaard, and I also thought Marsh was kind of a quiet pickup. Because they just couldn't. I mean, Moniak went the deal, but and now he's hurt. Um, but they couldn't have you know guys like Herrera. They, it was such, they had such a hole in the outfield. You know, it's kind of hilarious. I mean, Moniak obviously struggled in Philadelphia, never lived up to billing. Goes to the Angels and actually starts off pretty hot for yep. them. And naturally, he's wearing an Angels uniform, so he gets hot. He gets hurt. Um, no, I, I the Phillies look like a playoff team right now. I think Milwaukee could be the team that's in trouble. They, they yep. can't hit lefties. And all of a sudden, the bullpen, which has been a strength, has been a bit of a problem since uh, since the trade. You you did uh, mention one thing about the Phillies and their record in one-run games, I think I saw, was not good. Now, maybe these additions will help, but how bad is it? No, that was the Rangers. Oh, my bad. The, what, what were the, was the Rangers were 7-6-24? and 20, or six and 24? Yeah. Well, there you go. That, that tells a lot of the story of their season, right? Well, it does, but it also is something new. From, from a sports betting angle, yeah. that's something to watch for because this is a team that is having an it, – it's a fluke when you go that bad in one-run games. And that's something that I'll be looking at next year to play an over on the Rangers prop because they're a better team than their record shows. Dave, you – I mean, you break down baseball. You know baseball. It's, it's one of your favorite sports to look at. I, I'm always amazed at this time of the year, whether they've been in it, whether they're not in it, whether they're in second or third – it, you can just it seems like you can never count out the St. Louis Cardinals. Why are they always just at this time of the year just a pain in the ass? Why are they always hanging around? How how do they do it? Um they're a good organization. It's pretty much that simple. They don't do stupid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you playing off of that? I just saw the note. I'm not sure if you saw this one up on Twitter that uh Jason Hayward yeah, Jason Hayward was on the injured list, uh, will not play again this season, or next year for the Cubs, said team president Jed Hoyer. Let's look back at, and I know the Cubs have just packed it in, and now Ricketts is like, we're just going to make the money. We don't care. Jason Hayward signed an eight-year, $184 million deal. He is due 22 mil next year. If anything you know, was a sign of the Cubs' collapse, that signing is. Yeah, and that one was a... Uh was kind of pinned all over the place. I mean, Hayward, when he first arrived in the majors, looked like he was going to be a superstar. But the pitchers found the holes in his swing, and he was never able to fix it. And good defender uh, and a good base runner, but, but right. he can't hit. Right. If you can't hit, you can't hit. It's like, and, uh, and it was a bad deal. Look, the Red Sox, my team, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know anybody. I don't seriously don't know anybody who thought getting Jackie Bradley back was a smart thing to do. And Bradley is now not with the team anymore. Some organizations make good moves and some don't. Uh, I mean, if you're an Angels fan, you know all about an organization that doesn't. Right. They get everything wrong, basically. Well, And it's all upstairs. And some make bad moves, but spend their way out of it. Well, and it, and well, David Price is the... I was thinking of David Price when I was thinking of Hayward, because David Price had, at least had some years, but David Price is at the end of a seven-year, $217 million deal. I like. I don't think people realize his role on the Dodgers is unbelievable. Dave, he's thrown 30 innings. He's not even a thought 
to start no. a game, and he's making $32 million. Yeah, he was good, though. I mean, he, he was good for a long time. He was. So, and unfortunately, the health problems started up, and once those start for a pitcher, they generally just keep on coming. That's why if you're a Mets fan, yeah, you can be thrilled yeah. with DeGrom. He looks great. But is he going to be able to last through the World Series? Dave, going back to late June, Seattle, 30-12, and 12, and it hasn't been because of an offense. Their pitching is, I guess, coming up with timely. It's nothing really glaring, but is this team for real? Um, sort of. Uh, I, I, Castillo Pico was really good. Robbie Ray's solid. Gilbert's very impressive. Um, Bumpman's pretty good, but they've got to keep their star on the field. Julio Rodriguez, I think he's back Wednesday, and they've got to hope he stays healthy the rest of the year. He's He might only be a rookie, but he's a big difference maker. Gilbert's on the bump tonight against Steve's New York Yankees. What's the number? Uh, it's cheap enough. Yeah, long, long trip for the Yankees. They've lost five in a row, but they are 15-5 and five when Tyon starts, and they just smashed Gilbert last week. All right. um, so I, I, I think that's a really tough game. Will the Yankees win another game without Joey Gallo? 0-5 so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boot him out of town. Boot him, hey, hometown well, hero, listen, out of town. Joey uh, one for one against the replacement uh, position player pitcher. Let's do it. It's the, begin- uh, it's, the, it's the beginning of the turnaround, Dave. Yeah. Unfortunately, he Joey, he looks completely lost at the plate. Dave, last week uh, I completely spaced on it. Uh, Bill Russell passing away, not that yeah. part of it. But I didn't ask you about Bill Russell. And, you know, you're – you're a New England area guy, so what were your memories of Russell? Well, greatest team player ever. Um, and you can't compare eras, okay? So if somebody wants to say, well, Russell wouldn't do well in today's NBA. Uh, he didn't play in today's NBA. You can only judge by what he played against. Right. And no one, he is the all-time championship king, uh, maybe of, every, of any sport. I mean, he won everything every year, basically. Olympics, college basketball, um, the NBA, obviously, uh, barrier breaker, just uh, an amazing guy. That's interesting on the greatest winner thing. I asked a thirty-something uh, Boston area sports fan, "Who's the goat in Boston? The winning goat?" And he hesitated, and then he said Brady, and I was like, "Come on, bro!" But you know, a lot of it's an age well, thing. A lot well, of it's an age you thing. Know, Brady's in the conversation. That's yeah, for no, sure. he, he is. I mean, he's in the conversation, but what Russell did. Is insane looking back on it. Yeah, I, it, it, it's incredible. But in any other realm, Brady would probably be. Brady is the king. Yeah. Dave, you you told a you you wrote I should say a a cool story. You want to share maybe your, your, the memory that you had, the stick out memory as you put it on Facebook with Bill Russell. Well, it was just one of those. They used to play Lou Perry uh, owned the Rhode Island Auditorium and, and the minor league hockey team. He also had a share of the Celtics. So the Celtics played like three or four home games every year in Providence at the dilapidated Rhode Island Auditorium. And uh, we always got front row seats, um, courtesy of my Uncle Harry. So, uh, you know, we didn't pay. We just got the best seats in the house. And uh, they're playing the seven. Uh, I, don't even know if they, I don't even know if they were the 76ers at the time. They might have still been the Philadelphia Warriors. Um, but it was Wilton Russell, and it's a rainy night, and the roof leaked like crazy. So the players are slipping and sliding all over the floor. I, my dad took some pictures. He, they're probably filed away someplace uh, in one of my drawers. Uh, and, uh, you know, Russell versus Wilt, pretty cool. 
And the thing that I remember that night was Wilt and Larry Siegfried, who was a point guard for the Celtics. He's like six feet tall, uh, maybe. And they almost got in a fight. The players were in a real bad mood with uh, all the slipping and sliding on the floor. So that kind of a stick-out memory. I didn't see that many Celtics games, but when they played in Providence, I did get to see them. We lived two blocks from the arena, so we just my dad and me would walk there. Last 30 seconds, Dave. International Cat Day. What do we do for the cat? You buy, uh, buy the cat a tomahawk? What do you do? No. Every day is International Cat Day for my okay. cat. All right. Plain and simple. No That's special it. meal. He get, The cat like gets it. treated well every day. Dave, appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, guys. Take care. There's Dave Koken. Wagertalk.com. Wagertalk.com. And he, he came right back at me. I, I figured I'd give something special to the cats today. He's like, every day is International Cat Day.